back here on Sports Talk. Hour two is underway. Welcome back, everybody. Steve Kaplowitz along with Adrian Broaddus. Joining you here at 600 ESPN El Paso. And you heard the uh, Lubingo Studios is where we had it uh, yesterday for the uh, show and uh, where we welcomed in Lance Taylor. He signed the board, which I was super excited about. And don't forget, folks, when you're thinking about servicing your vehicle, Go someplace where you know you're going to get a great experience every single time. That is so important. Consistency, among other things, and keeping their customers uh, coming back every time is one of the reasons why all 12 locations, uh, Lubingo and El Paso, uh, continue to serve you and your vehicle's preventative maintenance needs. They remind you, if you love it, lube it. For more information, go visit them online, lubingoautocare.com. Right now, I want to jump back out to the phone lines and welcome in Fred Albers, longtime friend to the program, a man that uh, is uh, an El Paso Athletic Hall of Famer as the sportscaster for so many years between uh, KVIA and KTSM, and now he's spent uh, more than a decade with the PGA Tour Radio as one of their commentators, and he joins us uh, live to begin Hour 2 of the program. Fred, welcome back. I said 10 years, and I'll be honest with you, I put zero research into that. That was just a guess off the top of my head. Are we are we over 10 years with PGA Tour Radio? Can you believe this is my 15th season uh, calling oh shots? My. And I think it's five my fifth year uh, since leaving Channel 9 to do it full-time. 15 years. How many years were you on television so in El Paso? I, just in El Paso. The, uh, my first year on TV was 77. But just in El Paso, I came in 1980. I did 12 years as Channel 7 Sports Director, 24 years as Channel 9 Sports Director. And out of those 24 years at Channel 9, I, I probably had uh, 10 years where I double-dipped with ESPN and PJ Tour Radio doing. Uh, my last 10 years, my contract called for 25 weeks of anchoring and 25 uh, weeks of national events. I think it's strange that you had such a great run on television here locally, and yet you're now 15 years already into PGA Tour Radio. So even though you've been double-dipping, it's still pretty wild to think that you were on air in El Paso for uh, more than three and a half uh, decades. That's incredible. Yeah, pretty lucky. Very, very fortunate the, uh, my entire career to have that type of longevity and do the things that I've been able to do and witness the events that I have and, and travel the way I have and get paid for it. No doubt. Now, you've never experienced anything in your life like uh, you are now. And, you know, the, the, the Travelers Championship going on uh, this weekend in Connecticut. Phil Mickelson has had two terrific rounds of golf. And, and yet I'm wondering, as we you know, are really in uncharted waters as far as the sports world goes, and at least we've, we've had the PGA Tour make uh, a successful return back to action, it's strange, isn't it? Just because um, I'm sure golfers and, and caddies and everybody, and including broadcasters, are are there. But does it feel just a little different knowing what everybody's had to endure over the last three plus months? Well, I was part of the broadcast team on site for the Charles Schwab Challenge in Fort Worth two uh, weeks ago when PGA Tour uh, returned, and it was absolutely strange and really intense protocols and security and and the first hour or so calling shots with nobody on the golf course spectator wise was strange but then you kind of get used to it and by the second week it just 
seem kind of normal. But you talk about changes. I talked with a, uh, a producer who told me what my future is. Uh, he, he said that uh, for the PGA Championship, for the Ryder Cup, which now looks like it, it may not take place for the U.S. Open, for non-PGA Tour events, uh, he says that uh, sportscasters are not going to travel anymore. He said that they have spent money and protect and perfected and patented a technology where you can view it at your house on your computer and everyone is watching the same screen and you're going to be calling shots off the monitor. And I said, well, you know what? There's only six months left in the year. That's not a big deal. And he goes, I got news for you. Next year, after companies have just hemorrhaged money for six months, and I'm going to go to them, and I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to travel our crew, and it's a million dollars in travel, hotel, food, flights. Uh, <laughs> management is going to say, are you crazy? We just spent a lot of money researching technology to eliminate travel costs. We, we have lost money for the last year. We're not going back to the old system. And that's just not golf. Uh, I want to see what John Teicher does this fall, if we have football. I've already talked to Major League Baseball broadcasters who say they are no longer traveling with the team. And they say it's for this year, but it may be forever that you're going to wow. pick up the, the signal of, of the home team and broadcast that in the visiting team or – uh, the broadcast teams are, are going to go to a trailer or in their house and watch a, a closed-circuit feed and, and call it off the monitor. Uh, if I'm a newspaper reporter and I'm used to traveling everywhere, I think those days are done. I think our business is about to change tremendously. No doubt. It's interesting because I've been broadcasting from the house for the last three months. And, you yeah. know, it's so funny because I used to tell people it was my dream to do sports talk from my living room just because I've always wanted to, to, to broadcast from the house. And now, uh, having done it every day for, for so long, A, it's, it's comfortable. It's normal. The quality is the same. And ultimately, um, you're right. I could totally see uh, clubs and, and, and organizations trying to save money on travel and, and realize that. And it's different for PGA than, than baseball and other sports because, you know, baseball, you can always do home games because you're, you're in the same city. But if you want to do all the road games from another location, I could absolutely see that being a possibility so they don't have to incur those costs. Now, the PGA Tour usually travels about 500 people from week to week. That's players, caddies, media, uh, technicians. CBS has cut their crew in half. And uh, like players, uh, players can have one person with them on the golf course besides the caddy. And it can't be like, oh, my wife's going to come and watch me play. It has to be what's termed essential personnel. So that's, that's a nutritionist, a coach, uh, a trainer, uh, something like that. Uh, something that's considered essential beyond just a, uh, a friend walking the golf course. They have reduced the footprint of people on the golf course tremendously. And golf is the most socially distant sport when you're playing outdoors over several acres. Uh, you know, they have a protocol, so caddies and players, uh, you know, stay six feet apart. And still, people are testing positive. In, in Fort Worth, two weeks ago, we had zero testing positive. Last week at the Heritage in Hilton Head, a couple testing positive. Eight test positive this week. Now, if next week we have 20 testing positive and the week after that 40, we're very close to shutting everything down again.
Man, oh man. Now, have you been tested after what uh, all these uh, positives started coming out? Because, I mean, you kind of wonder, you're probably around some of these individuals. Did you did you feel at any posi- any time that, uh, did, you, did you ever feel unsafe or did you always feel pretty comfortable once you got back in that groove? The only time I felt unsafe, I was in Hawaii this year, a couple months after the tour had been in China. And you're associating with all these players and shaking hands and seeing them out socially uh, and, and being in close uh, you know, it, being close to them physically. And, uh, you know, they had just come back from China. And this is before the whole thing hit, or we knew it was, was active in early part of January. And everyone got sick in Hawaii. You know, not real sick. You ran a little bit of temperature. You felt like you had the flu. A lot of broadcasters and players felt that way. And then, you know, two months later or, you know, five weeks later, you find out about covid and you think, oh, my gosh, maybe I had it and didn't have a severe reaction to it. I was a little concerned then. Uh, I have not been tested, Steve. Uh, Fort Worth was strange because they were so strict with players, and the PGA Tour had something they called the bubble. If you're inside the bubble, you had strict tests. Players had to be tested before they got to Fort Worth, once they got in Fort Worth, and then again on Saturday night if they planned to travel on the team plane from Fort Worth, to Hilton Head. I decided not to fly. I just drove to Fort Worth. But the only real test I got was uh, a temperature screen, and I was fine every day. Now, I didn't have all the access. They they divided everyone on the course to blue team and red team, and I think I was red team. And I was limited to uh, TV production uh, camp. And so uh, no, no food, no media center, uh, and they're very strict there. As soon as you got out of the car, you had to put on a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go into, you know, a trailer, a, t- a typical uh, TV production site. And you would do your homework in there. And on the first day, I'm sitting there, and I pull my mask down to take a drink. And a man comes up. He goes, if you're going to drink, Fred, go outside and put the mask. And you couldn't take the mask off at all when you were in that production trailer. Now, on the golf course, uh, I was in a golf cart. And I usually have a driver, but because you'd be sitting so close to that driver, you'd have to have an extended four-person cart, and they didn't have enough of those. So I ended up driving myself, which isn't a big deal, but just a different protocol. Other people that had access to the media center, and there's just a handful of media on site these days that have been approved, they did have to get the nasal swab test, and none of those tested uh, positive. But those guys were allowed in the media center, and in one hotel. And if you were in that group, they didn't tell you, but they strongly encourage you to get room service at night. Or if you're going out to get something to eat, get it to go and eat it in your room. I didn't have those restrictions on me. And these vary from state to state. The PGA Tour has its guidelines. It also has to comply with the guidelines of the state they're in. For instance, this week in, in Connecticut, uh, anyone on site had to be tested beforehand and again while they were there Mm. so uh it's a very fluid situation every state uh has different requirements and the pga tour after some eight people were tested this week and 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 had the virus uh they have doubled up their testing procedure as well is the cotton swab test pretty much what the pga is using in terms of trying to get that because that takes a couple of days to turn around correct so the pga tour has hired a private company that does not do public testing, and they emphasize this is taking no testing away from the public at large 
our doctors, our essential personnel. This is a firm that did not do testing before that is just doing testing for the PGA Tour. And they have a mobile lab on site. The cotton swab uh, takes about three, four hours to, to turn it around because they don't have to send it out or anything. And this week, for the first time, uh, you had a saliva test. Ah, okay. In addition to the cotton swab, or is that what they're no. using instead? If you, if you did the test before coming there, you uh, had a saliva sample. Once on site, they did the nasal swab. Unreal. All right. Well, listen, uh, this is amazing insight. I've got to get to a break, but I have so many more questions for you. Can you stick around and hang out with me for another segment? Sure. Beautiful. Fred Albers, folks, PGA Tour Radio. Uh, unbelievable. As we keep things moving, Sports Talk comes uh, back with more with Fred right after Charlie Wan, who has this traffic update for us. 600 ESPN El Paso.com. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue more with Fred Albers. PGA Tour Radio is where he's at, and uh, he joins us uh, back here on our uh, phone lines as uh, Sports Talk continues. Uh, so, Fred, I was thinking about this for a minute, and and I guess with baseball, uh, Adrian and I were talking off the air about how they could possibly do this. Do you expect potentially robot cameras to be set up so they don't have to pay cameramen and, and they could eventually just put somebody in a studio and, and let them hear the, the natural feed and, and broadcast right over it? Is that is that kind of what the, the, the vibe you're getting so that really costs can go down in a big way? Well, I, I think you're correct about the uh, broadcaster sitting in the studio and calling it off a monitor. And it's not just the one monitor that, that you see uh, that the TV signal. You'll see like four or five, eight different screens to, to see uh, different parts of the action. And uh, CBS is, uh, is, is introducing robotic cameras to its broadcast. That's absolutely uh, the future. Uh, they decrease social presence uh, and they, they save money. Uh, at the same time and and you know I'm, I'm thinking you know the sports world has changed you talk about your broadcasting from your house how many people listening right now have not gone into work for three months and have found a way uh, to do their job at home as leases come up with businesses i imagine that they don't need as much space that what is really strange right now will become more commonplace as the months go by and you're going to find more and more people who are efficient at the home and businesses are going to save rental prices. You know what? That's probably 100% correct. Wouldn't I be surprised if that's exactly what goes down because so many people are, are dealing with things. that they're, It's uncharted waters. They've realized they can they can exist. They can be successful, and they can just shift, uh, you're right, and save money in the long run. I can see that. And then I start thinking about you and wondering, okay, so let's say Fred's doing a uh, radio call for PGA Tour Radio, um, and, and you're not uh, at the course itself. You know, when you're there, especially when you're when you're calling, let's say the uh, the 18th hole, which you've been at so many times over the years, you can read the greens from from day to day and see the way the ball's breaking and how it's setting up. It's going to be so much more difficult to do that when you're not right there versus having the uh, opportunity to uh, you know try to I don't want to say guess, but ultimately you know when you can't see the break uh, completely off a monitor like you can when you're actually on the course looking at the green, that'll make things really difficult. It is, but I, I've been doing it so long now that I, I know the golf courses, I know the greens. You can pick any course and ask me about the hole, and I would tell you 
be able to describe it and describe the break. And really, Steve, if you, if you look at golf holes, if you just know the highest point on the golf course, you know, the ball is going to break away from that point. If you look at a bunker, uh, the ball is going to break away from a bunker because bunkers are expensive to repair and architects design green so that they drain away from the bunker and a ball is just going to break in the direction that water drains off the green. So if you see a bunker, you automatically know that it's going to break away from there. And and like I say, I have have a, a, a real good knowledge and the tour gives you a yardage book every week. And I have my notes that I've kept through the years. So that's not that big a deal to me. What is a big deal is sometimes I don't even look at the ball in the air. I look at the player or I can hear the sound of the strike. Uh, I I can hear the ball uh, coming off the uh, the club. I I know how much he compressed it. I know how much it's going to spin. Or you just take a look at the lie in the rough and and you know that's going to release on the greens. So a lot of that is, is knowledge that you gain through the years. And there's nothing special about my memory and anyone that has done that for 15 years just acquires that knowledge. Then again, you spent so many years as a sportscaster. If there's anybody that knows how to uh, call highlights and call the action from watching a monitor, it's probably you. So you can look at that as another advantage for yourself if, if thrust into that spot. I, I mean, experience pays. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what your entire broadcast has been like over the last three months. But I guarantee you've had technical problems that the listeners are not aware of because you're so experienced and so good. You know, you, you, may, you may be losing a signal. You may have five things going on. Your computer screen goes down. And you're, you're taking care of all that without the listener knowing. And that's always the, the hallmark of a professional, I think, in that, you know, as football coaches used to say, you know, don't tell me about the labor pains. Just show me about the baby. The, the listeners don't care how much trouble you're having. They just want the product, and it's our job to bring them that product and to overcome any difficulties that we have. You're so close to the golfers because you get to know them, and they become you know, not just uh, acquaintances for you, but some of them, I'm sure, have become friends, and, and, and you've been tight with, with uh, different uh, personnel. Um, you know, As you've had a chance uh, working your way back, I guess, to, uh, and, and, I, and I really wasn't able to grasp this, were you able to, to converse with any of the golfers uh, this year since you've been back, or have you strictly been kind of on your own away from everybody? No, no, you, you can talk to them. I mean, you're, you're walking along with them, and everyone knows each other. And I would say that I'm not friends with, with any of them. A friend is someone that you call up on Christmas Day and say, you know, how you're doing. I don't have that relationship with anyone. J.P. Hayes, Paul Sankowski, who no longer play on tour. Uh, the rest, I would say, I'm very friendly with. Uh, if you see them out, you'll go over and you'll talk to them. You know, they know your name. They, they know your son's name, uh, that sort of thing. You have chit-chat. As, as you walk the fairways and talk, and rarely do you talk about golf. It's always about a baseball game, some other sporting event, weather, uh, something like that. The new protocol is that only the tour partners are able to do one-on-one interviews. So that would be PGA Tour Radio, the Golf Channel, CBS, NBC hasn't broadcast an event since, uh, since COVID hit, since the players, where we shut everything down on March 13th and uh, European TV, Sky Sports. So essentially, the players have four interviews to do, and not everyone wants to talk to every player. And what they've done is they've rigged up what they call a boom mic, and actually it's not a boom mic. If you kind of envision a uh, telescoping fishing rod, and they clip a regular microphone on one end, and then maybe eight feet away, you're holding the other, 
and the the golfer stands in the interview area, eight feet away, and you kind of like pass the mic toward him, holding this this fishing rod. He talks into the microphone, and then you tilt it back and ask your question, and go back and forth like that. And if you listen closely, uh, you can tell something's different. What's different is that there's a delay between the question and the answer, and the answer and the next question, because you have to direct this mic back and forth, which takes perhaps a, a second to do. So uh, everything, as you say, is changing. And no longer uh, are, are interviews uh, prohibited from being used by other media. Uh, you have to sign a waiver that any interview you do is, can be distributed uh, to the rest of the media with no attribution. Okay. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, hey, meanwhile... I'm curious as we, you know, look at the the season now that's underway. By the way, Phil's been terrific. Uh, Mickelson's 13 under so far after two rounds of the Travelers, leading the field by a stroke. Um, and and there's really a, a lot of good golf that that's being played right now. And that's I think what also impresses uh, I'm sure you that everybody stayed in good shape. Everybody is really ready to go, and, it, and it's not exactly like the quality of play has been suffering with the months off. No, a play's been fantastic. The fields have been fantastic. You know, the the field at, at Charles Schwab, at RBC Heritage, and this week at the Travelers, they've all been really good. The only person who hasn't played is, is Tiger. And I'm guessing that Tiger is not going to play probably until uh, the Memorial in, in another three weeks. And, Steve, I'm telling you, and, and no one has told me this, this is just what I gather out of my intuition from being on site and to talking with rules officials and PGA Tour officials and fellow media we are very, very close. I mean, teeter-totter can tip either way right now to, to going forward. I'm supposed to broadcast 10 more events. I'm supposed to broadcast all the way up to the middle of December in Cancun before the new year starts and the tour season uh, starts again. But depending on which way this thing goes in the next two weeks, uh, they could shut everything down. And if golf shuts down, it's just a matter of time. It'll be like a line of dominoes until you see the the NFL season canceled. So really, if you think about it, because they're back and they're playing right now, golf, I don't want to say it's like it's the litmus test, but ultimately it is. It it absolutely is. Because if golf can't do it, other sports absolutely cannot. You have 20 football players on one team test positive and have to be quarantined for 14 days. How's that team going to play? How is that team going to play? And and so you're going to have forfeits? It, It is it is really up in the air. I don't think people fully understand how close we are to canceling uh, a lot of activities, probably through the end of the year, because I think that if they shut it down, say, uh, in the middle of July, 1st of August, they're not going to say we're going to wait another month and see how it goes. I think one by one they will say we're done until the first of the year. Or until they come up with a, um, you know, they, they, they come up a with virus, a vaccine. Yeah, a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, everyone that I talk to, and and quite frankly, you know, you know as well as I how politicized uh, COVID has become. Sure. But but tour officials say this talk that there's going to be a a vaccine that'll be available in the middle of July, uh, that's just just candy land. They say it is possible that one will arrive November, the first of the year. Uh, That that is, is a distinct possibility. But something, get inoculated on the 4th of July? Yeah. No, sir. 
Um, guess just if you had, to, I mean, and you said it can go either way. Um, you know, we haven't even talked about college. You talk about pro football, college sports. That's another one. You know, colleges are ramping up their off-season activity. Athletes are coming back right now. And, you know, you got places like UTEP and every other Division One institution planning on football, planning on on uh, the rest of their athletic season. But you know what? It's, it's so difficult to really say. We're three-plus months into this right now. And uh, just based on, on seeing the spikes, you, it's just impossible. It's impossible to tell. I talked to an athletic director at a large uh, Dallas school uh, two weeks ago, and he said that he is really looking into canceling all of his non-conference games. Now, this is just him. That doesn't mean it's going to happen all over. But what would that do to Utah? You lose a million and a half dollar guarantee to play Texas. $1.5 million, You know what? That covers all the coaches' salaries for the year. You take away $1.5 million for UTEP, what about canceling the Texas Tech game? I would think that would be UTEP's biggest home gate of the year. They lose out on that money? Well, what if they have to cancel the New Mexico State game? And, and what is UTEP going to do if there's a, a $2.5 million shortfall in the athletic department? What's New Mexico State going to do? All they have is non-conference games. It is a line of dominoes that that I just don't know which way it's going to go. And I don't want to sound like Debbie Downer because I am certainly not an expert in any of this. I'm just telling you what I have seen and observed in, in traveling around the country. Maybe it goes the exact other way. Maybe there, maybe everyone gets a vaccine the 1st of September and everything goes off as planned. I'm just telling you what I've seen. I'm not saying this is all going to transpire, but I'm telling you people are making tentative plans at the highest levels for sports. Fred, this has been a terrific conversation. I want to thank you so much for your time and, and giving us uh, the lowdown. And, uh, again, it's always great to talk to you, but uh, really today was uh, was exceptional, and, and thanks for sharing all that with us. You know what, buddy? You stay safe. Your family stay safe. All of El Paso stay safe. And, and let's just prepare for the worst and hope for the best. I am really hoping that I'm working in Cancun uh, in the middle of December. I'm hoping that I'm watching college football. I'm hoping that UTEP goes to Texas and beats the hell out of the horns. Be well, and as always, Freddie, good to talk to you. Thanks so much. Call anytime. Fred Albers, folks, PGA Tour Radio as we continue. 33 past the hour. We'll come back with more. Your comments right after Adrian and this Sports Center update.